Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Psalm 34, verses 1 to 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all of my fear. You will be amazed that many Christians still living in fear because they don't believe in the goodness of God, or they don't understand the goodness of God. Should we be afraid of anything? Should we be afraid of any person or any situation that might happen? Should we be afraid that we will not have food on the table? That we will not have money to pay bills? Should we be afraid when we see the economy and the gas price? Should we live in dread and torment and fear all the time? The Bible says that if we know that the Lord is a good God, we don't need to live in fear. Actually, fear and anxiety does not please God. Because fear and anxiety are the sign of doubt. If you have faith, you don't fear. But when you fear, it means you don't have faith. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. So we need to walk by faith. And once you walk by faith, you have no fear anymore. And the Lord can deliver you from all fear. So you don't need to live in torment and anxiety and lack of sleep and worry too much, you can rejoice every day, you can trust God every day, because He is the good God. Verses 5 to 6, the Bible says, They looked to Him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of his trouble. King David wrote the word, this poor man. You may wonder who is this poor man. Actually, this poor man was King David himself. David called himself a poor man. One time in the Bible, the daughter of King Saul saw David and liked him. And let me read the scripture here. 1 Samuel 18, 22-23. Now Saul's daughter Michal was in love with David. And when they told Saul about it, he was pleased. I will give her to him, he thought, so that she may be a snare to him, so that the hand of the Philistine may be against him. Now, this guy is cunning. So Saul said to David, Now you have a second opportunity to become my son-in-law. Then Saul ordered his attendants, Speak to David privately and say, Look, the king is pleased with you and his attendants all like you. Now become his son-in-law. They repeated these words to David. But, listen carefully, David said, Do you think it is a smaller matter to become the king's son-in-law? I am only a poor man. And little known. David called himself a poor man. Actually, David was poor. But was David poor forever? No. Because David trusted God. Because David received the goodness of God. Eventually, he became a wealthy man. He gave a lot of offering to the temple at that time when he wanted to build the temple of God. He laid out all the financial foundation for King Solomon. He was very wealthy because he trusted the Lord. So God tried to tell us that in the goodness of God, He doesn't want us to be a poor man, to be lacking, to be short, not be able to pay a bill. 
He want us to come out from poverty so that we can be a big blessing to the kingdom of God. The Lord told me so many times to tell the congregation, let us make a decision not to be a taker. Let's make a decision not to look around for people to give something to you. Let's make a decision that we will be a person who can bless other people. You will be the giver. You will have a lot of money to write a big check to the church. You have a lot of money to write a big check to the mission field, to send people to the mission, to do a lot of things. I and Pastor Da have decided that long time ago that we will not be a taker. We will not be a sucker. We will be a giver. And God is going to bless me financially because He's a good God that we can write check to the church, write the check to give to the poor, to help the needy. At the same time, if you think you are the needy, you need to change your mindset that you will not stay poor forever. You're going to be out from poverty. You're going to be out from the lack. And eventually, you can pull out the checkbook and you can write big check to the ministry of the kingdom of God. Amen? And he can do it. God can do it. God, by his goodness, can take you out from lack and poverty. But what you need to do is to have faith and follow the voice of the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you and lead you to abundance. Please listen to the CD series called Living in Abundance. I taught in detail how to live in abundance. God can set us free from financial troubles. God can fix our financial trouble. And he can perform miracles. When we have faith. How many people want to make a decision that I'm not going to be a sucker. I'm not going to be a taker. I want to be a giver. I want to write check to bless people. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. That is a good attitude. The Bible says God bless Abraham so that Abraham can be the blessing to the nations. That's the reason why we don't sell our teaching. That's why we produce CD and give to all the churches and give and give and give because we want to be a blessing to other people. Amen. In order to live in the goodness of God, we learned from yesterday that the first thing we need to do is to fix our mouth. We can talk all day long about the negative things. We can talk about bad economy, high gas price, bad stuff. If we keep talking about those things, we will stay in poverty. We will stay in troubles. We need to change the way we talk. We should talk this way every single day. This is a good day. I call money from heaven. I call good health from heaven. I call prosperity and success from heaven. I call the goodness of God from heaven. Oh, I'm going to have a good year this year. Oh, yes, my dream will come true this year. Yes, we will impact many nations. Our church is going to be the blessing to the nations. Yes, God bless me. God love me. We're going to have a good week this week. Amen. Every day you wake up. When I wake up in the morning before I go to work, I always speak positive about myself. And you don't need to tell other people. It's between you and God. You talk to yourself. Only two persons need to hear that. You and God. You don't need to go out and boast to people and tell people, yes, I'm good, I'm handsome, I'm rich. No, no, no. I'm not talking about you go out and tell people. When I go to the bathroom in the morning to brush my teeth before I get dressed to go to work, I say, today is a good day. Today, I'm going to have a good patient. Today, the surgery will be successful. I speak to myself. And I speak to God. Amen? Amen? Don't talk like this. Oh, everything is low. Everything is bad. You can quench the blessing of God with your negative confession. If you keep making the negative confession, you will hinder yourself from receiving the goodness of God. 
This is a principle in the book of Romans chapter 4. Listen carefully. Faith calls those things that do not exist as though they were. Past tense. That's how Abraham exercised his faith. He was old. His wife could not have a baby. Maybe there was no more menstruation. No more eggs come out. She was 90 years old. Scientifically, she could not have pregnancy. But Abraham called those things that did not exist as though they did. We need to call, we need to speak the things into our life. Amen? Before you go to work, you call, today my work is going to be good. Don't speak negative. Amen? Let's say out loud together, I am having a good year. I am having a big year. On the anointing. On finances. On the increase. You seem very convinced. Some of you are like, I'm a big year. I'm a good year. You seem very convinced. <laughs> okay, try one more time. Are you convinced? <laughs> I have a big year. I have a good year. On the anointing. On the finances. On the increase. All of my accounts are filling up. I'm coming up. I have a big year. I have a good year. My debt pay off. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Keep speaking that way. Amen. Be positive in your speaking. Speak faith. Don't speak doubt. Speak the goodness of God. Don't speak bad. Always speak the right thing. Some Christians have the habit of worry all the time. And some Christians have the habit of speaking negative all the time. They hang around with people who speak negative. And they just flow right in to speak negative, negative, negative. And they don't even know themselves how negative they are. It's so negative. Talking about everything negative all the time. The economy is worse. The gas price has gone up. Oh, I'm sick. I'm weak. I'm poor. Oh, everything is so bad. Then they're going to get what they say. We should not talk and believe. We should talk faith, victory, prosperity, good health. Amen. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, you keep speaking what the Bible says. And the devil is so cunning. He used a technique called pile up. P-I-L-E-U-P. Pile up technique. So he's going to keep sending you negative news about things. About economy, about gas, about people around you, about people, this happened, that bad happened. He's going to keep pile up the news into your mind until you give up speaking positive. And you say, oh no, this is too much. This is misery. And you start to speak negative. Don't let those things pile up in your life. Don't let the surrounding circumstance affect you. Faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. And whatever you say from your mouth, you're going to have faith in it. If you keep saying, oh, I'm old. I'm old. I'm old. Eventually, what happened to your faith? You're going to have faith that you are old. And eventually, you're going to walk like, Because you believe you're old. But if you say, I'm strong. 
I'm young. I'm just half of my life. Not even half. I'm not 60 yet. So I'm not old. I'm young. So if you keep speaking, eventually you believe in what you say. And you're going to become what you say. Some people like to say like this. I don't really know. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. I don't know. And if they keep speaking that way, they don't know. They don't know what to do. Is that what the Bible say? No, the Bible never say that you will not know. Look at what the Bible say in John chapter 10, 14 to 16. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the father knows me, even so I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep and other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring and they will hear my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Everyone say, I can know. Because I hear his voice. So don't say I will not know. Amen. Don't say I don't know. Look at another scripture. First John chapter 2 verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. Everyone say I have the anointing. And I know all things. If your mind is in the blank. What should you say? I don't know. What should you say? I have the anointing and I know all things. And you confess like that, suddenly the Holy Spirit gives you the words. Give you what you need to know. Direction in your life, what to do. This is how I perform surgery. Sometimes the surgery is very difficult. And when I face a difficult situation in the surgery, instead of saying in the operating room, I don't know what to do. I just say, God will guide me what to do. I will know what to do. I need to confess that way. I will know. The Holy Spirit will tell me. He will meet all of my needs. The one who is in me is greater than the one who is in the world. He shall supply all of my needs. And my need is to know at that point. He shall supply the knowing to me. Amen. He will order my step and direct my path. I will know exactly what to do tomorrow. I will know exactly what to do tonight. I will know exactly what to do with my kids, with my grandchildren, with my family, with the church. God will tell me what to do. I will know. Amen. That's how you obtain God's mercy and God's goodness. Having faith and speaking positive. Everyone say, believe. believe. You receive the goodness of God by believing. Amen. And when you get that faith, you get excited. You get excited. You can see from the facial expression. People get excited. Amen. Can you see the excited face here? (laughs) How many people believe that God is good to you? Wow. See, excited face. (laughs) Praise God. Yeah, God is good to me. Yes. Yes, Pastor. Yeah, God is good. God is good all the time. There is no time zone. There is no geographical limitation for the goodness of God in the realm of the Spirit. God can be good to you anytime, any day, any year, any time of your life, any place. No limitation at all. Verses 7 to 8, the Bible say, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them and oh, the Bible says, oh, what does it mean, oh? I asked Pastor Da because I have to preach this in Thai one day. 
And I asked Pastor Da, how Thai people say something like this? Because sometimes I could not think about Thai word. And she said, Thai people would say, Wow! Oh ho! Oh ho! Oh, how about American culture today? Whoa! Oh! <laughs> when you read this scripture, you need to have that kind of mindset that King David did not write the scripture. Oh. Oh. Test and see. He said, Oh! Wow! Oh! Oh! How about Chinese? How you say oh? <laughs> really? How Chinese say? Wah! 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 How about um, Vietnamese? Vietnamese? Chai ơi, bún thịt nước nổ em chị đi. How about Mexican? How you say oh in Mexican? It's so long. How about Japanese? Wah, wah, wah. Wow, I, I see the picture of Sambu right now. Wow! So you need to understand that when King David wrote the word oh, it's not just oh. It's test and see that the Lord is good. That's what it means. He got excited. Amen. He got excited because test and see means experience. You can go into a restaurant and you smell good food. And you just sit there, good food. Are you going to say, oh? You're going to say, oh? You're going to say, I? No. What you need to do? You need to put food in your mouth and chew. Oh, it's good. Hot, yeah. What do you say? Aroy mark. Delicious. What do you say in Mandarin? How sure? Oishi. Oh, good. Is that right? You test and see. You experience the goodness of God. Because just smelling, just seeing goes so far. You need to put it in your mouth and test it with yourself. You experience it for yourself. Actually, God talked about test two things: spiritual and physical test. In Job chapter twelve, verse eleven, does not the ear test words and the mouth test its food? So spiritually, you receive the spiritual food through your ear, and when you hear the word of God, you say, "Oh, so good preaching." So good word. You hear and you experience the word of God through your ear. But physically, how do you test the food? 
through your mouth. What happens when you eat food? You eat food, it goes down into your stomach. Then the gastric juice comes out, digest, get the carbohydrate and protein and vitamin and calcium and minerals, absorb part of it into your body and go into your body and it become part of your body. Whatever you eat in become part of your body. Is this sentence possible? I have gained 20 pounds weight, but I haven't eaten anything for 20 days. Is this scientifically possible? No. When a person gain weight and tell me that they hasn't eaten anything, it's a lie. <laughs> because your flesh will not gain weight by just breathing the thin air. Something has to go in and become you, inside you. That's why I come out this way. So how can you tell how much a person eat? Just look at how much weight they have. You cannot lie. It go into you and stay in you. So you can tell. What I try to say is, you become what you eat. Therefore, we have to be careful what kind of thing we listen to. What kind of thing we watch. What kind of thing we talk about. And what kind of fellowship we have. Because all this, the thing we watch, the thing we talk, the fellowship, we got to take in and it stay inside and you become what we eat. If we talk about the goodness, we test the goodness, we eat the goodness of God, we become good. But if we talk negative, fellowship with the negative people, we can become negative and it's going to poison you. If the physical food can poison you to have food poisoning, the wrong thing can poison you, that's why what kind of sermon you listen is very important. If you listen to the negative sermon, a lot of doubt, a lot of problem, a lot of legalism, you're going to be that way because that's what you eat. It poisons your spirit. We need to be careful of what we eat. Amen? Let's eat good food. Let's eat the goodness of God. We should not eat bad junk food, the bad stuff from the devil. Amen? Oh, test and see. The goodness of God. Everyone say, oh. oh. Everyone say, oh. oh. Everyone say, hey. <laughs> oh. Test and see the goodness of God. Amen. Verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord. You, he sings. There is no want to those who fear him. Is want a lack good or bad? Is poverty good or bad? Not having enough money to pay the utility bill is good or bad. Not having enough food to feed your kids, good or bad. Could it be that the good God wants you to live in the bad situation? Could it be that the good God wants you to be poor? Could it be that His will has been always bad? No. His will is going to be always good. All the time, in any situation regarding your health, regarding your financial situation, regarding your ministry, regarding your family, His will is always good because God is a good God and He does good things. His will is always good for you. Amen? The devil is a bad devil and His will is bad and He does bad things. Have you ever heard people say this way? Bad things, unfortunately, happen to some good people. This is an explainable will of God. Okay, this is what people say. Bad things happen to good Christians, and this is an unexplainable will of God. 
Because God uses the bad devil to do something to teach a lesson to that person. And the devil cannot resist God. So he has to obey God to do bad things to those people. And it's the will of God that bad things will happen to that person. If this statement is real, we are in trouble. Because when the devil comes to you, you have to ask the devil first. Oh, by the way, devil, this is from you or from God? If it's from you, I'm going to resist you right now. But if it's from God, this bad thing that happened to me from God, I'm going to let you do it. What the devil going to answer? Is he a liar? He's going to say, yes, God sent me. And then let me do to you. God never worked with the devil. If God worked with the devil, we are at the end. We have no hope at all. God never uses the devil to destroy us. We are the one who opened the door for the devil to destroy us ourselves because we make a wrong choice. But if we make the right choice every day, the goodness of God will continue to protect us. Amen? So don't blame God. God is a good God still. He never does any bad things. Don't believe that the devil and God work together as a team. Don't submit to the devil. Submit to God because he is a good God. Amen? Don't think that God allowed bad things to happen so that you can learn some lessons. You don't need to learn lessons by being bad. You can learn lessons by being in a good situation as well. That's a lie. That's the intellectual explanation from people that, oh, you know, bad things happen to you so that you can learn some good things from God. No, 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 no. You can learn good things from God by reading the Bible, by being in the Holy Spirit. You don't need to learn good things by being bad. It's the lie of the enemy. Amen? Let's believe that God is good all the time. Let's look at Romans chapter 16, verse 19. Romans 16, 19. For your obedience had become known to all. Therefore, I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good. Everyone say, wise in what is good. And simple concerning evil. Let's look at NLT. NLT say, But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of anything wrong. What the Bible says is, we should be wise, we should be an expert in the good things. And we should be innocent in the evil thing. We should not be expert about evil practice. Why? Because our God is a good God. There are so many things in this world that we are so much better not to know about. We shall not know anything about bad internet, pornographic internet. Oh, you know, I can tell you all the website about pornography. You don't need to know. You don't need to know anything about evil. Forget about it. Don't even touch it. Don't even get involved with it. The thing you should know about is the goodness of God. Stay in the goodness of God all the days of your life. And that's what the Bible tried to say in Ephesians chapter 5 verses 3 to 4. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting but rather giving of thanks. Verse 7, therefore do not be partakers with them. The Apostle Paul tried to say that if we get involved with evil things, eventually we're going to be a part of partakers of judgment and punishment of God. We should not get involved with evil things. We should focus on the goodness of God. Good, good, good. Amen? Everyone say, I want to be wise. In what is good. 
Ephesians 5, 8-10 For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And then the Bible talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, Galatians 5, 22-23, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let me ask a question. Is love good? Is hate good? No. Hate is bad. Is joy good? When the Holy Spirit touch people and people laugh in the Holy Spirit, is it good? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So we all should seek the joy of God. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, God laughs on the throne. I never see a picture of God sitting with a long face and unhappy and mad at people. I see God as smiling, happy, laughing, joyful God. Because God is good. Let me ask you, do you like to hang around with people who are depressed and grumpy? You like to hang around with people who are joyful? Amen. So wife in this room, if you want your husband to hang around with you more, don't be grumpy. Be joyful. He may get into trouble tonight. Husband, you want your wife to be around you? Don't be grumpy. Be joyful. Fill your life with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Smiling, happy. Amen. God is long-suffering. When you start to lose your patience, His patience has barely begun. He's so patient. He's so long-suffering. He's joyful. He's happy God. Amen. He doesn't want us to be grumpy unhappy, upset, and mad all the time. Because that is not good. He said, cast all the care upon him because he cares for you. All the cares, everyone say all. all. Should we be grumpy and unhappy? No, we can cast all the care upon the Lord. Therefore, do not be unwise. Verse 17, Ephesians 5, 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And the will of the Lord is good. Many Christians cannot discern the good and the bad. And they think that many bad things are good and the will of God. We need to understand that the will of God is also good. Some people say this way. No, God is sovereign. God is omnipotent. Therefore, everything that happens in this world is the will of God. Is that statement true? Let me repeat one more time. God is sovereign, therefore everything that happened in this world is the will of God. You think when people die before they know Jesus is the will of God? You think that when people die in tsunami before they even heard the gospel is the will of God? You think when people die of cancer is the will of God? When people have no money to pay bills is the will of God? And is everything that happened on earth the will of God? And why bad things happen? Because human beings have the free will. Have the free will. We make decisions. I make decisions to tithe. Actually, I just talked to Pastor Da on Saturday morning before we came to the camp. 
I mentioned to her. I woke up in the morning and I feel convicted. I feel this way. I say to her, "Da, I think from now on, I just want to make sure that I don't cheat God. I'm gonna pay more than 10 percent to the church. More. Make sure I pay more than 10 percent because I may miss this and that that I don't pay enough tithe. So I'm gonna make sure I write more check to the church so I pay tithe. And that's my choice. I make a choice. You know why? Because I don't want to be in the curse. I make a choice to receive the goodness of God. I don't want to cheat God because when I make a wrong choice, I open the door and the devil attack me. And can I blame God? No. I make a choice to cheat God and the devil attack me. Then who can get blame? Me. I blame myself because I have a free will to either give or cheat God. I give you example. I have a free will to love my wife and be honest to her and be loyal to her and faithful to her, or I can make a free will to cheat her. So free will cause a lot of bad stuff happen on earth today. That's why the Bible says, "Be wise concerning good." Amen. And we should become more and more settled in what is good and what is bad. There is no gray zone in the kingdom of God. There is no gray area. Either good or bad. Either one. You cannot say, "I'm gonna walk in the middle." I don't care. I'm in the middle. Do you have to choose good or bad? Amen. Is God good? Is Satan good? Is heaven good? Is hell good? Is joy good? Is depression good? Is good health good? Is sickness good? We need to make a decision to choose good because our God is. Good. I'm gonna close this morning's preaching and continue tonight the second part. Acts 10:38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. I pray to the Lord personally many times. A month. God, give me more anointing. Give me more power. Not that I want to be famous. Not that I will have a great ministry that people will put their thumb up for me. Wow, Pastor Lau is a great preacher. No, I'm serious. I ask God to give me a more anointing because I'm mad at sickness. I hate sickness, and I want to be like Jesus. That God will anoint me with the Spirit and power, so that when I lay hand on the sick, all of them will be healed. I have not arrived yet to that point. I have to admit, I don't have that power yet. I have people here off and on, but I'm still pursuing and seeking God to have more anointing and more power that I can do the same thing Jesus did. That I could go out doing good and heal all those who are oppressed by the devil. How many people like to live like that way? It's not about reputation. It's about wanting to bring good to people, kick out the sickness and disease out of people. We should desire the good. Amen? Amen. That's why I'm hungry for the Holy Spirit. I want more anointing, not to be famous, but to go out to do good in the name of Jesus to heal those who are oppressed by the devil. Amen. That should be our desire as Christian. We want to do good. We want to be giver. Amen? Amen. Living in the goodness of God is the best life we can live. We should remember and think about the goodness of God that He has shown to us. Every day, and we should believe that God is exceedingly, abundantly, eternally, completely, perfectly good all the time. Let's say it with me: God, God. 
is exceedingly, abundantly, eternally, completely, perfectly, good all the time. May the Lord anoint me with the Holy Spirit and with power, so that I can go out to do good and heal. All those who oppress by the bad devil, I'm gonna carry the goodness of God, the blessing of Abraham, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go out, bless people, heal people, save people, deliver people. Use me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for teaching us the truth in the Bible. Help us to believe that you are good and extremely good, eternally good, perfectly good, and completely good all the time, exceedingly. Good, no trace of bad thing in you, Lord. We help us to see it from our spiritual eyes and have faith in our heart, Lord. We thank you, Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In Exodus chapter 33, the story in that chapter of the Bible talk about a man named Moses. He was a man of God. He was a man who called by God to lead the people out of slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land. In that chapter, Moses was covered and soaked in the presence of God, in the glory of God. In fact, the Old Testament is a type and a shadow for us today. If Moses was soaked in the presence of God, we should seek to be clothed and surrounded by the glory and the presence of God. God came in a tangible way. Even though God is everywhere, but God doesn't present Himself or manifest Himself in a tangible way everywhere. When I say tangible, I mean you can feel Him, you can smell, you can touch Him, you can sense His presence. He show up and He cover Himself with the cloud. And Moses spent so much time with the Lord. He experienced the goodness of God. He experienced the Wonderful presence of God at that time, and he begged God. He asked God. He said, "Could you please not to forsake the children of Israel because of their sin? The children of Israel were sinning against God, rejecting God, and walking in unbelief. And God was very upset with them. The request that Moses had for the children of Israel is not that they can have a nice, beautiful building, nice car, nice computer." Nice musical instrument. He said, "Could you please go with us? Could your presence go with us from here to the promised land?" So the same thing today. We should ask God, whatever we do, wherever we are, could your presence be with us? The church service will be meaningless. Will be dry without the presence of God. The presence of God should show up in every meeting. We should seek the tangible presence of God. And in that tangible presence of God, people's life will never be the same. Moses asked very good requests. He said, "God, 
Could you please come with us? Could you please show your mercy and grace and kindness to us? And God answered the prayer of the godly man. God said, "Yes, I will go with all of you. I will show my grace and mercy to all of you." Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. And God said, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." In the presence of God, in the presence. Of the good God, there is peace and rest. I'm glad that God led New Hope International Church to the presence of God many years ago. That we welcome the fire of revival, and since we have the fire, the church has been in more restful state and peaceful state than before. Less quarrel, less fight in the church, less anxiety and. Torture and turmoil and upheaval and confusion. Our God is not of the God of confusion. Our God is a God of peace and rest. In 1 Corinthians 14:33, the Bible says, "For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints." When the presence of God show up in your life, when the presence of God show up in your home, when the presence of God show up in your church, in your meeting. There will be rest and peace. Confusion is not of God. Being upset, being mad, being aggravated, being confused is not good. God is good. Therefore, when the good God shows up, there will be rest and peace, calm and order. Everything gonna be good. Amen. He is a God of peace and rest and order. And he's a God of knowing. Many times we get upset, we get confused, we get torture in our own heart because we don't know what to do. But he's a God of knowing. When he shows up, he will tell us what to do. He will guide us and tell us, show us the direction. He will lead us our footstep, and we will be in a knowing state, and we will not be confused any longer. We will have peace. We know exactly what we do next day, next minute, what we need to say. What we need to do, what we need to write in the email. He's a God of peace and rest. Let's look at what the Bible says, verses 15 to 18, 33, 15 to 18. Then he said to him, "If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people." So the Lord said to Moses. I will also do the thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name. Moses really takes serious about having the presence of God in his journey, in his ministry, in his leadership, and for the whole congregation of Israel, that he wants the presence of God. But when you read verse 18, verse 18, let me read. And he said, "Please show me." Your glory, please show me your glory. The word "glory" in the Hebrew language is kabod. Kabod means the heavy presence of God. This is an interesting request from Moses. Remember, Moses was already in the presence of God. Moses already was clothed by the cloud of glory, talking to God for an extended period of time. But he still say. Please show me your glory. This is our cry 
of every Christian who has been touched by the fire of God, who has been touched by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, who experienced the tangible presence of God. The tangible presence of God is very addictive. When you get touched one time, you get hooked up to it. You want it again and again and again. When I say it, I don't mean God. I mean himself. I mean the presence of God. You become an addict. I am an addict. But I'm not addictive to alcohol and smoke and cigarette or drugs. I am an addict to the glory of God. Everything else become nothing. Then you have the presence of God. And this is the outcry of many Christians all over the world who have been touched by the presence of God. That's why I love to be an arsonist. I love to see the fire of God touch people. Every time the fire of God burn. When the fire of God touched a member of the church, I was laughing and having fun. Because I know now they will not be addicted to TV on Sunday. They will not be addicted to movie on Sunday. They could not stop going to church. They don't go to see Mickey Mouse anymore on Sunday. They don't line up for Mickey Mouse. They're going to line up for the presence of God. They will say like Moses, give me more glory. I want the glory of God. See me, show me your glory more and more and more. Amen. What happened to the people in the world? The people in the world did not have the good God. They were living in depression, disappointment, heartache. I tell you, I have every day that I see my patients in the office, 90% of my patients takes amitriptyline, trazodone, and some of them are teachers and very well-to-do manager, businessmen, very rich. And I ask them, why do you have to take this trazodone? Oh, I'm depressed. I could not sleep at night. So many people in the world are depressed, are sad, are worried, and not happy. So what did they do? They take drugs or take medication in order to escape from their reality. But what happened? They, they waste money away with the drugs. And also they mess up their life because they take drugs. Drugs will never resolve the problem. Drugs will just mess it, will just help you to escape from the problem in your life. But it will never lift you up out of the problem. Only one person that can really get you out of the problem is a good God. Only the good God can get you out of the problem, can get you out of the depression. Amen? They want to get out from their reality. This is the comment of most people. They say this way, come on, we must live in reality. Let's get real about life. What does it mean when they say that? It means that depression and problems are real. And we live in the problem and live in depression. So just accept it, live in it, and take drugs. Just accept the reality of life. Let's accept the terrible, lousy condition or state of life and live in it. But I want to tell you the good news. God is a good God. And God is real. He is more real than anything else. He existed before the creation of the whole universe. He is so real and you can touch the real God. And when you are touched by the real God, the reality of the goodness of God will become so real to you. And you don't need to live in the reality of depression and problem anymore. 
Because you can live in the goodness of God. The God is so real. If you come to tell me right now and tell me that I'm going to give you one million dollars to stop spreading the fire of God and stop touching people, lay hands on people, I tell you right now it's too late. Because I already have been touched by the reality of the fire of God and He changed my life. It's too late to tell me to stop doing that. He's so real to me. But the reality of God is good. Better than alcohol, smoking, cigarette, drugs, any kind of things that the world will offer to you. You don't need to look for alternate reality. You don't need to live in the dream world while you are drunk with drugs. You can be drunk in the Holy Ghost and you can live in the reality of God. But it's more joyful, more real, no hangover. And it's good, it's pure, it's holy in the glory of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Everyone say, God is real. He is real 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And you can touch His reality. You can be in the glory of the Lord. And that experience is wonderful. Look at verse 18 and 19 one more time. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, listen carefully. I want you to focus on this. Look at what God answered. I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. It's interesting. Moses said, could you please show me your glory, your tangible presence? Could you please show up? I want to see your face. I want to touch you. I want to have your hand touch me. And God answered, yes, I will make my goodness pass before you. Is it interesting? God say, my glory, my presence is my goodness. We are talking about the goodness of God. When he shows up, what shows up? His goodness. That's why sometimes I don't understand why people don't want to come out to the prayer line to be touched by the Spirit of God. Because when he touch you, he touch you with his goodness. He bring good in and kick the bad out. He put the good in and kick the bad out. I like that. He pushed the bad out and he filled you with his goodness. We should love to be touched by God, to be in the glory of the Lord, to be in the presence of God. Because when the glory touch you, his goodness touch you. Amen? Exodus chapter 34, verses 5 to 7. Now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousand, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the, the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. Did Moses experience the goodness of God? Did he test and see something on that day? 
and that was the core of the message about the goodness of God. Come and experience for yourself the goodness of God. Moses asked God for the glory, but the goodness show up, and he tests the goodness of God. This is why the devil doesn't want this message to go all over the world. Because one of the way to slap on the face of the devil is to make the unbelievers know that God is good and He wants to touch them. He wants to bless them. The devil tried to replace the goodness of God with religion, with religious organization, with tradition. But we don't want tradition and religions. We want the goodness of God to show up in the church. And then that problem will be resolved. Amen? And people will face the reality of God. It's more real than McDonald's. More real than Mickey Mouse. More real than what else in uh, Donald Duck. Thank you. God is a good God. Amen? He's not mean. He's not harsh. He's not cruel. He's kind. He's patient. He's long-suffering. Do you know why that heaven does not need a sun to shine the light? Because in heaven, the goodness of God is so bright that there is no need for a sun in heaven. There's no evil in heaven. There's no bad in heaven. There's nothing wrong in heaven because God is there, full of goodness in heaven. And it's interesting that God told the disciple to pray this prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is in heaven? What makes heaven heaven? The good God. The goodness of God. God wants to bring the goodness into the world. Has it happened yet? Not 100% yet. That's why we need to pray. If the earth is full of the goodness of God, then we don't need to pray. We need to pray. We need to be the vessel to bring the goodness of God into the world by having the goodness of God manifest in our own life and go everywhere to demonstrate the goodness of God. Then heaven will be on earth here. Then the will of God will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Everyone say, His glory is His goodness. Genesis chapter 45, verses 17 to 18. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this, Lord, everyone say, Lord, your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan, bring your father and your households and come to me. And I will give you the best, everyone say, the best of the land of Egypt. And you will eat the fat of the land. This is a story of Joseph. Joseph, at that time, he was a godly man, fear God, has the presence of God. And his brother plot to kill him. They put him in the pit. And one brother changed his mind, put him out, and sold him to the Ishmael light caravan. They took his robe of multicolors, put the animal blood on the robe, Show to the dad and say, your son named Joseph was killed by wild animals. So the dad, all these years, thought that Joseph was dead. But by the grace of God, after he was in the dungeon, after he was mistreated 
and lied about what happened. He became the prime minister in Egypt, and he saved Egypt from famine, from not having enough food. The brothers have to come to Egypt to get food from him. The first time he didn't say much, but the second time he made them known that he was Joseph, and he said, "How is the father doing? How is Jacob doing?" And all the brothers say, "Your dad is doing well." Joseph say, "Get your father here." We need to move here. Get out of there. Move to Egypt because right now Egypt is the most civilized country, the highest technology, the richest country in the world. Let's move here. But by the grace of God, Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Okay, get the cart. Load them with good things, and I'm gonna give you the best of the land and the best food of the land." Why did Joseph get all of this thing? He had the presence. Of the good God, in the book of Genesis, the Bible say Joseph was so successful at the house of Potiphar because the Lord was with him. He had the presence of God with him, the presence of the good God. Look at what the Bible say in Genesis chapter forty-five, verses nineteen to twenty. This is the word of Pharaoh. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt, for your little ones and your wife. Bring your father and come, and also do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Wow, I like this story. When you fear God and the good God is with you, He give a lot of goods to you. He make you rich. Good, good. How everyone say goods. How many people like goods? He got a lot of goods, and he was able to bless his family. Is it wonderful that you can send money to your dad, send money to your mom, send money to your grandmother, your brother lose a job for three months, you send money to your brothers, help them. Joseph was able to help his brothers, his family. Look at verses twenty-one to twenty-four. Then the sons of Israel did so. Joseph gave them carts. Everyone say carts, according to the command of Pharaoh, and he gave them provisions for the journey. Everyone say provisions. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. But to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver, and five changes of garments. I think it was very hot. They need to change clothes. They could not take a shower in the desert there. And he sent to his father these things: ten donkeys, load dirt. Everyone say, load dirt, with the good things. Again, one more time: load dirt with the good things of Egypt. So the money gonna come from the world to you. Then female donkeys, load dirt. With grain, bread, food for his father for the journey, so he sent his brothers away. They departed, and he said to them, "See that you do not become trouble along the way." Because of the goodness of God in Joseph's life, they all loaded with good things, so that they will not get into trouble along the way back to Egypt. Verse twenty-four. 
he sent his brother away and they departed and he said unto them see that ye fell not out by the way in king james version so in other words god gave provision of everything clothes jewelry food bread everything all the good things everyone say good things everyone say good god God's will is good. His provision is good. We are loaded with His provision. Amen. God gave the best thing of the world to Joseph, and now we're gonna come to the main scripture. Listen carefully. Genesis 45:25 to 28. Then they went up out of Egypt. And came to the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. And they told him, saying, Joseph is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Egypt. And Jacob's heart stood still, because he did not believe them. But when they told him all the words which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw, come test and see the goodness of God. When he saw the carts which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father, revived. Then Israel said, It's enough! It's enough! It's enough! Joseph, my son, is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. Joseph was a type of Jesus. Joseph was Seemingly dead, but now he is alive. Jesus was dead, and he is alive. And we try to convince the world, Jesus is alive, but I'm sorry, I'm broke. I cannot pay my bill. I'm sick. Jesus is alive, he's so good, but I'm depressed. I need to take trazodone. I cannot smile. I cannot sleep at night. But Jesus is alive. He's good God. <laughs> I lost my job. I have a bad temper. I'm broke. But Jesus is alive. You think only word of testimony is enough? No. They need to see our life loaded. Everyone say loaded. Loaded with the goodness of God. When people see us loaded with the good things of God, they will be convinced. And they will be like Jacob. The spirit of Jacob, the father, revive. And if he say, it is enough, I believe now. The Lord never told us just to go and tell people that Jesus is alive by our words only. We need to show to the world that God is alive and God is good. And God loads us with the good things. And when they see our hearts loaded with good things, they cannot deny that God is real and God is good. Let me join your church. Let me go and become a Christian like you because God is a good God. How many people want God to load you with the good things? How many people say, believe that God wants to load you with good things? Amen. Psalm chapter 68, verse 19. Blessed be the Lord who daily, everyone say daily, you like daily or you like yearly? I want daily. <laughs> yearly is too long. Who daily loads us with benefit 
the God of our salvation. Our life that is loaded with the benefits and the good things of God is a powerful witness to the lost and dying world. When our life is loaded with the vacants, the cards of healings, the cards of deliverance, the cards of finances, of wisdom and happy family and good kids loaded with the good things from God, people cannot deny that God is real. And they will say, Jesus is alive. Amen? That's what happened to Jacob, and that's going to happen to the people in the world. The Bible says, the goodness of God leads people to repentance. The Bible never says, just preach the gospel will lead people to repentance. They need to see, they need to test and see the goodness of God in your life. And they will repent and they want to become a Christian. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't tell people. When you tell them, when you try to tell them the gospel, if you don't repent, you go to hell right now. That's not the best way to witness to people. You tell them God loves you. God has a good plan for your life. Look at my life. I'm a witness. I'm a witness. The goodness of God fill my life. I have vacant full loaded with the goodness of God. Look at me and you see that God is good. How many people want to be that kind of witness? How many people believe that God can load you with the best thing? You shall eat the good of the land. Amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> loaded with the good things by the good God and I shall be good witness. Turn to each other. Loaded. Loaded, loaded, loaded. Loaded, loaded, loaded with the good things. Loaded, loaded, loaded. Do you know that our God is a God of the 12 basket full left over? He's a God of the excess. He's a God of more than enough. He's a God that almost sink the boat because too much fish. He's a God that almost break the nets because too much fish. He's a God of running over because too much water in the cup. He's a God of excess. He's a God of loading. Loading. Running over. Basket full. More than enough. Amen? El Shaddai. The God of more than enough. Hallelujah. Why do we need to let the Holy Spirit come and touch people in the church? Let me read to you. Galatians chapter 3 before I lay hand on you so you can receive by faith. Galatians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing, the good God wants to give us the blessing of Abraham, might come upon the Gentiles. Are we the Gentiles? Yes, we are the Gentiles. The blessing come upon us. In Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. 
What is the promise? The promise is the blessing of Abraham. What is the pro- first promise to humanity? When Adam opened his eyes, God said, "I bless you, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it." The promise of God is the blessing of Adam, is the blessing of Abraham, and is the blessing of Jesus Christ. All the same blessing. And that blessing come because God is good. And he wants to give to the Gentile like us through Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, the promise of the Spirit. What does it mean? The agent, capital A-G-E-N-T. In this world, who brings the goodness of God, Lord that you with the good things, is a person called Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not religion. The person. Lord that you with the goodness, the good things. That's why the Bible is talk about you are anointed to prosper. You are anointed to prosper. God anoint you to Lord you with good things. Christian who welcome the Holy Spirit will welcome the loading of the goodness of God. If you reject the Holy Spirit, you reject the goodness of God, because the Spirit is a good Spirit, and it will bring the blessing of Abraham upon you. There is a promise of the Spirit, so the church need to welcome the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you ready? For the Holy Spirit to load on you, the anointing to prosper, the blessing of Abraham. You sound very excited. Look at what the Bible say: true faith, true faith. You're gonna come to God by faith, and when you get faith, you get excited. Amen. Let Him load you today. By the goodness of God, by the Spirit. Everyone say the promise, the blessing of Abraham, the promise of the Spirit, the goodness of God, loads me with good things, and I shall be His witness that Jesus is alive. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's give the hand to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do you open your card yet? You open your vacant. Ready? Open the door vacant to get loaded. Amen. Open your heart. Everyone, touch your heart here. Touch your heart. Open. Receive by faith. Receive by faith. Hallelujah. Receive by faith. <laughs> loaded, loaded, loaded today. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Who want to be loaded first? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for being a good God. To us, you such a good God. You such a good God. You will load us with goodness, with good things. Loaded, 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The promise of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Cards of good health. Cards of wisdom. Cards of prosperity. Cards of anointing. Cards of success. Cards loaded. Loaded, loaded, loaded. Cards, loaded. Cards, loaded. Fire, loaded. Loaded. Loaded right now. Loaded. Loaded. Now. Loaded. Now. Fire loaded now by the Spirit of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Filled with the goodness of God. Never be the same from now on. Fill, loaded, Father. <laughs> loaded, Father. Loaded. <laughs> More fire. More fire. Yes, Lord, loaded. Fill with the promise of God. Fill. Fill. Yes, Lord. Loaded. 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 <laughs> Loaded. Loaded. <laughs> Loaded. Loaded with cards of health. Loaded. Bless. 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 The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham. <laughs> the blessing of Abraham. Yeah. 
Lorden. 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 In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lorden. Lorden. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name, I lift to you.